All right, so we are back with episode three of this season, and um, I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hello, this is Elisa Berry. Hi, hi, Elisa Berry. Um, So yeah, it's a uh, it's an early Sunday morning, and we are uh, bivocational uh, disciple makers here in. Minnesota in the U.S. and um, we are getting going for our day on Sunday morning. And as such, we thought that we would record another podcast episode before all of our kids get up. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah, and I think today we wanted to talk about how to build community, some more practical ways. We have kind of three main ideas of how to build community, um, something that anybody can do. All right. So why don't you launch into it? Sure. So I think one of the, one of the first things, cause I'm always looking, how can I, I want to empower people to do this. I want to make it, I want to find it. It should be simple. Anyone can do it. But some of the qualities that I look for in myself and then also in others that I want to empower, there's kind of three main things. The first one, the first one being that they need to be followers of Jesus. Yeah. So we're, we're sort of talking about the qualities of a disciple, right? Mm -hmm. Of a disciple and also a disciple maker. And I think it's important to call call this out first. Um, just one of the things I was thinking of, you know, when um, whenever people start to do new things um, in the the big C church, there's a tendency for people to say, "Well, I want to." Are you are you starting a church? Are you planting a church? Are you starting a house church? And there's this this idea all around like starting churches as sort of like the first step for joining God on his mission. And I think that's a, it's a bit of carryover from sort of the, maybe the legacy way of approaching church where it really was focused around making a building, uh, you know, gathering a group of people and you meet in a, meet in a school or you meet in a house and eventually, you know, you move into a, a bigger building. But one of the things that came to me is, you know, nowhere, nowhere did Jesus tell us to go start churches. You know that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he actually said in the gospels, he told his disciples, I will build my church singular. I will build my church. And so there's no, there is no, um, there is no mandate, no prophetic declaration in scripture for individuals to go and start churches. But what we do have is the Great Commission, and I believe it's Matthew 25, where Jesus told his disciples, and not just the professional disciples. Back then, there was no, there was no division between people who were professionally professional ministers and those who weren't professional ministers. The, the command was given to all who follow Jesus, and it was to go into all the world and make disciples. And so I think that's why we're talking about the 
the qualities of disciples because we have to... You have to be a disciple. We have to be a disciple, first and foremost, or at least be committed to being a disciple. It's not like you have to reach some point of perfection before you can go and disciple other people. What was that, um, the duckling? Oh, you only have to be one step ahead, right? Right. So if you've ever seen little ducklings uh, follow the mother duck, right? Um, you see that they all sort of go in a line. So like the first duckling is following the mama duck. And then the second duckling is following the first duckling. That's right. And then the third is following the second and so on and so forth. So as we talk about um, these qualities of what it looks like to be a disciple, we should be examining ourselves, but also be thinking about how we can disciple others. And the encouragement is you don't have to reach some amazing point of perfection you never will. I mean, if you're, if we're really honest with yourself, with well, ourselves, we someday, well, we get to <laughs> one day when we get to be with the Lord, but like, you know, all you have to be is just one step ahead of the person you're discipling just one step. And in many ways, like you may even find as you're discipling folks that perhaps in other areas of life, that person is one step ahead of you. Yeah. And I think that's an important that's an important observation because it keeps us humble. I think, so we've said, so the first, so what does it take to build community? Well, you have to be a follower of Jesus. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what we're trying to do here is, is, is say that there's actually not that many, there's, there's not that many hoops to jump through in order to be effective at making disciples. And it, and it's really exciting to be a part of God's story because when you are making disciples and doing what, what the Great Commission says, churches will form. And it's really mm-hmm. exciting to be a part of that story, to be a part of God building His church because there's something in us that was put there by God. We have a desire to make disciples and we don't feel, we all, we're always going to feel like something is missing unless we're doing that because we're like that. We're like that seed. Like we're everything. If we're a follower of Jesus, we already have all the ingredients necessary to make disciples. And and that's something that we're, we're made to do. We want to do it, even if we don't know how. And so, and I think it's, I think it's a, it's a call because it's a call. It's a command. It's a commission from the Lord. I think we need to keep in mind that this is not something that you do for a season and then you find success in it and then you sort of move on from doing it and you just teach other people how to do it. Like, yeah, you're, this is just something that you do over the long haul and that you love people. It's hard work too. It's love. It's love. Mm-hmm. So where is there something else? you were gonna say? Oh, I, I don't know. It's probably, I, I probably have an ax to grind and I probably don't want to go down the rabbit trail, but it just something I do want to say is it really annoys me when, um, I want to be careful cause I don't, I don't know the, the hearts of anyone. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but it really annoys me when there are people, you know, whether it's in the legacy church movement or the missional church movement where they, it's like they have a season where they really own 
this idea of discipling in people, uh, discipling people and investing in people. And then they, they see some measure of success and then they write a book or they get on the speaking circuit. And before you know it, they're a professional like, yeah, before you know it, they're a professional and they're giving seminars and they're doing all this stuff. And you sort of like, you sort of scratch your head and you think, okay, how can you continue to do all of that innovative stuff and, and like investing in those people when you're traveling all over the world. And, and I just think it, for me, the takeaway I have from it is what we're talking about here. This is something that we need to own and be committed to for the long haul. Yes, absolutely. It, this is for normal people, normal followers of Jesus. Okay. So how do we build community? You And how do we be a disciple who makes disciples? Follow Jesus. The next one would be humility. That's what I have on my list. Yeah, so I I remember um, at one point, I, I distinctly remember your dad telling me this, and he doesn't remember it. But um, uh, for those who don't know, your parents were pioneer um pioneer church. They, they use the term church planters, but they were essentially making disciples of people in Mexico and Spain. And, um, your dad told me once early in our marriage, when I was still getting to know him, that one of the qualities that he looks for in leaders, there's only a few qualities he said. And one of the most important was humility because he said, if a person has humility, they can pretty much be taught anything. Yes. And there's that verse I wrote down here. I don't have the reference, but um, you can easily Google it. But, you know, that verse about how God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. And like God calls us to do hard things. Um, That's why we need the Holy Spirit as our helper. And that's why we need grace. And like if we're going to be launching out and trying to... um, disciple people and help them walk in the way of Jesus. We need to be humble and teachable and quick to recognize our faults. But the person who is being discipled also needs to have that heart of humility, because if you're going into this thinking that you already have things figured out, then I mean, quite honestly, why even, why even participate? Yeah. I think humility really reflects the heart of God. Jesus, we're following Jesus and he is humble, you know, he's meek and he was lowly. He's lowly, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and also in this season that, that everything is shifting and the old ways of doing things aren't working anymore. Like we, we have to realize that we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. Like we have the scriptures and we hold fast to the scriptures, but let's face it, many of the things that we've done for years aren't even in the Bible. And so I think God is wanting to, to teach us some, to walk in some ways that we, we don't even really fully know what it looks like. So to have that humility to just be like, Lord, what does this look like walked out and to be willing to be for, for, you know, to change course when we, we know that we're not quite quite on track. And I think, yeah, I think just to be teachable and is extremely important. And also, honestly, it's attractive to the world too. Like, you know, who, who, 
it's, it looks like love, like humility very easily translates into love and pride is repulsive. (laughs) Well, and it's a good point. And, and something I think might be worth calling out here is when we're talking about discipling people and teaching people how to walk in the way of Jesus. I really like that term. I don't know where, uh, where I came across it. I don't, I'm sure I didn't come up with it, but that whole idea of helping people walk in the way of Jesus. Like we're not talking about discipleship as, um, Hey, we're going to meet from, you know, 8am to 9am on a Tuesday morning. And we're just going to read the Bible and talk about it. I think that's a, that, that Mm -hmm. is a piece of it, but it's much more holistic. If you think about the Mm -hmm. times that Jesus spent with his disciples, as he discipled them, he spent three and a half years with them and they joined him in his life, literally following in his footsteps from town to town. They saw how he lived. They saw how he responded to people who were difficult. Like they truly shared life together. And I think that's, that's maybe the ax that I have to grind with people who sort of consider discipleship as somebody standing on a platform. It's an event. It's, it's a production. And it's like, that's, that's not what real discipleship is. It's sharing life with one another. And I think that's why humility is so important because if you view discipleship as a one hour Bible study or a Sunday morning service, you really don't have a whole lot of need for humility because you're not going to be getting involved in other people's lives and stepping on their toes and, and, and all of that, you know, and like, and I think when Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples, I think for those, those first, that first group, I, I, I don't think it was as hard as maybe we might be tempted to think because they had already had a model of Jesus having spent three and a half years with them. Just and walking like, oh, with them. And I guess I just do what Jesus did. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I think, I think making disciples is, it just looks like really caring about someone and being committed to them for the long haul with no strings attached. You are not trying to make them. You're not trying to force them to become something. You are loving them and looking to see where you can bolster them up. Where can you strengthen? Where can you encourage? Where can you call out what you see God doing? Oh, you see God speaking to them about, uh, you know, kindness and how God is, you know, they're, they're feeling like, you know, they, they need to be kind to someone, call that out, encourage them. Wow. I really notice your kindness here, Mm. you know, or, uh, I think, and that, that kind of brings out, brings another quality of a disciple that that's important to us. And that is commitment. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned to fo- to be a follower of Jesus, to have humility. And the third one, I think that's important to you and I is, is commitment. And I, and I think it's, it's commitment to the people in the world. It's equally as much commitment to, to the people, to your neighbors, to the not yet followers of Jesus, to those relationships, to carrying those people in your heart and loving them. And with no strings attached, just being willing to be a part of their story, even if you're just the person that plants the seed. 
Maybe I'll never get recognized. Maybe I'll, you won't even be the one to introduce them to Jesus. Hopefully, you know. Mm. But commitment to them and then also commitment to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, I, I was looking at the the episodes of our podcast like two years ago when we were first getting it oh, going. Um, so embarrassing. Well, but there is, there, <laughs> there is an episode in there called um, Fateful Presence. And um, if I remember what it was that we talked about in there, I think that that is sort of might be a good one for people to listen to um, in terms of being committed to the people that God has planted around you or God, that God, that the people out around which you have been planted by God, because, you know, it's, it's really owning those relationships, the people, um, that are, that are near to you, that you work that you work with, that you live near, that you, you know, maybe frequent at a coffee shop and just being committed to those people, to those spaces for the long haul. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that it's not in, glamorous, something in the, in the charismatic church, the non-denominational church. If I had to paint with a broad brush, we do a horrible job at that. It's like, we, we, it, it's sort of like the guy who goes fishing out on the lake once, once or twice and he never catches anything. And so he just moves on. Or he's like, well, I'm, I'm called to the church. That's who I'm called <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. Don't get me started on that one. But, but I think, I think in terms of, uh, of, of finding other people who are being drawn to Jesus and they're saying, you know, I, I think I, I would like to grow. Um, I think something maybe we can talk about later, but like there is something really important about actually making a call to people. You know, that's something mm-hmm. we learned a couple of years ago is that, like how did how did Jesus's disciples know that they were disciples because Jesus called them and like he brought them to a point in time where he said follow me and right. they had to decide like either yes I'm going to decide or no I'm I'm not going to follow but either way they walked away having made a decision and I think that it's it's really wise to to be very clear in that kind of call to people but for the people once they're called what you're talking about is like they need to be committed because like what we've noticed in recent years is sort of this mindset of people not wanting to commit because they don't want to be tied down they don't they want to do what feels good in the moment but there but there is a And I mean, we probably just need to make a whole nother, uh, you know, conversation about that. But I think that back to sort of the qualities of a disciple and a disciple maker is to follow Jesus, have humility and be committed. Like, you know what? Put your anchor down somewhere, you know, maybe, maybe it's not going to be there for the rest of your life, but trust that God is going to use that. Like God can work with you. He can mold you. He can shape you. He can transform you. If you have put your anchor down somewhere and you need to put your anchor down with your un- people who don't follow Jesus yet, you need to put your anchor down in those relationships because they're going to be able to sense 
if you're not committed to that relationship mm-hmm. for the long haul. And that is not going to feel like love. They're not going to trust you. And why should they? And then put your anchor down with a group of believers, you know, even if it's just like a couple, put your anchor down and be committed to being on God's mission together. And maybe for some people that's going to be in a, in a legacy church. And maybe for some people, um, it's not, but, um, I think those are, those are some, some things to think about and to be able to put into practice. And I think last time we also talked about finding one person at least that you can love and disciple mutually Mm -hmm. that you can receive from them. And again, you only have to be one step ahead of them, but they may be a little bit ahead of you in some ways. Um, I'm, I'm curious how you would respond. I think I know how you would respond to this, but for the sake of the people listening, how would you respond to um, another believer saying, oh, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I want to commit. You know what? I'm just, you know, I, I just want to be led by the Spirit. You know, I'm just a Spirit-led person, and I just, you know, uh, every day I just wake up and I just ask the Holy Spirit, where should I go? What should I do? So I'm not really into, like, those long-term commitments because I'm just following the Holy Spirit. Well, I would just say that, I mean, that is one way that the Holy Spirit works. He does sometimes use the fly by the seat of your pants method. And, um, but that is not the only way that the Holy Spirit works. And I think it takes maturity to realize that there, there is a work and there is a benefit that you can only get by being committed for the long and it's just like marriage, you know, it's like there, there is a benefit. We have been married how many years now? Uh, we're in our 19th year. I think so. And like we've been married, we're in our 19th year. And let me tell you, someone that has been married for a year does not have what we have. And they will never have it until they've been married for 19 years. Well, and there's and also. And been committed to one another. And, 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 you know, there when, when you first, it's just like in a relationship, when you first get into a relationship, everything is just really exciting and new and, um, and, and like in the moment, it's just because it's, because it's all brand new. It's, it's great. And I can say after 19 years, our marriage is still great, but like, I feel that, um, in that first year of marriage, I don't know how much like deep character formation actually took place in me. I think that the longer we go in our marriage, like the deeper, the the more work gets done in my character and in the maturing process. And I think that when a person refuses to commit to something for a long term, they really, they really lose out. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like they just, to use that, that dating analogy, it's like they're just, just jumping around from like person or church community to church community and they stay around just long enough until what? Like, yeah, things get hard. And now it doesn't mean that someone shouldn't leave if there's like, obviously if there's like abuse happening oh, or, sure. you know, but there is a sense of, yeah, there is a sense of, of, there's a joy to be had and there's a longing that we have to be known. And, and, and you might need to be the person that leads it. You yeah. know, you might need to let God 
craft you into a leader. Maybe he's giving you a vision, you know, to, to, um, of something that you haven't seen before. I know that's, that's the case mm-hmm. for us, but I, if I, if I had any advice to, to anyone that's out there listening to this, that has a longing for community, and I know we need to wrap it up now, but that would be find somebody that's doing something close to what God has put in your heart and then commit to that for a season, but mm-hmm. longer than like three weeks, commit to it for like, I would say a year, at least a year, a, at least a year. And then expect that during that time you are going to learn because we have done this, you know, multiple times, you know, and then expect that God is going to be teaching you and then commit again and then commit again. And then he'll, he'll, he'll kind of guide you on to the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. We have so much more to talk about, but maybe we should end this one. Yeah, I think, I think this is sort of a good stopping point. So, um, so again, this is Matthew and Elisa in Minnesota. Um, thanks for listening and we will catch up with you again. Once we find time in our uh, busy schedules to make another recording. So uh, God bless and talk to you soon.